0: To the flying solo podcast a show for those going it alone in business if you're working solo or have dreams of starting up you'll find support inspiration and advice at australia's largest and liveliest small business community find us at flying or join us on facebook here's your host robert gerrish
1: yes robert gerrish here founder of flying solo co-author of the bestseller of the same name author of The One Minute Commute, available in all good bookshops and as an audiobook, and host of the new Rekindle podcast. Now before I introduce our guest, let me tell you about Flying Solo's premium membership. There's a mass of tools and benefits to help your business stand out and to ensure you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a full page listing in the directory, entry to a private discussion group, access to a library of over 80 how-to videos, a copy of the Flying Solo book and much more all for just $99 head to the join page to find out more now look today i'm delighted to be catching up with glenn carlson from dent global or kpis a lot of people don't know glenn thank you so much for joining us so glad to uh be
2: having a chat again yeah well let's look about
1: time it's ages since I've i have spoken so. with you I think so, so now look, uh, what I'd love to do, Glenn, is to invite you just to just tell us what are you guys up to. You know, KPI absolutely, you know, stormed onto the scene. I can't remember how many years ago now. Nine uh, years in Australia. Nine years is that right? So, what are you guys up to? How many countries are you in? And you know, what, what's what's a, what's the state of the industry at this at this
2: stage? Yeah, well, since two thousand and ten, I mean, the first key person of influence accelerator that we ran was in London, um, in 2010. Mm. Uh, and since then, we've been running programs in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Singapore, Tampa, Birmingham, uh, in, in the UK. And literally as of this month, uh, we're opening in Toronto in Canada. And I think it's it's kind of a bit of a testament to this idea that people really recognizing especially people that have been in business For an, enough years to understand that. Oh wow. There, there are some real challenges that need to be overcome mm-hmm. uh, I think the uptake or, or the interest that people have in a, a structured sort of training format and a production process that we offer to kind of get them to that point where they're showing up when anybody goes to look as that go-to person. Mm. And and that just makes such a a huge difference. And we're we're just finding that that people love it. Um they, they get into business because they want to do something that they love and that they're passionate about or that they've got a skill set about or they found a need that wants to be solved. But then they get stuck into this kind of grindy, not fun, trying to chase business, trying to mm. attract team and and that sucks the Sucks the life out of it. So so really we're about helping the founder Become the founder brand and be more valuable out of the business than being kind of stuck in working in the business Mm. Um, uh, And so we've we've acquired a few other businesses as well So we're we're not just a training company anymore, which we kind of were when you and I last chatted so we now Offer video production services, uh, web development services. We build digital marketing scorecards for people, and so we're on a bit of an acquisition trail to essentially become the one-stop shop for businesses wanting to make a, a dent in their business, and, and in so doing, a dent in the universe. So, okay. we've, we've kind of, it's been a journey. Okay. So, so
1: somebody who come a, a business that comes to you, and I know that you know independent professionals are still a, a very important kind of group for you people as you said a, a few moments ago you know that have probably been going for a couple of years They so kind of know what they're about they know what their business is but they're just not perhaps um attracting enough business or being seen around the place enough and those are those are kind of ideal clients for you would that be right
2: yeah a hundred percent it's and there's this kind of manual white collar labor manual approach, like, like we're going to go networking and, you know, it's all this very time based business. All the activities are very time based. Uh, whereas what we do as, as an organization and really as a philosophy is, is we help digitize and turn those kind of small business owners into really like media companies in a small part because as you and everybody else by now well knows that we have the ability to be a media production company with the technology that's sitting in our pocket on our, on our phones. Mm. And yet people aren't, Mm. um, you know, anywhere near as much as they could be. Some are, and they're the ones that are absolutely winning in, in any particular industry, but the majority still aren't. So we help people, I guess, cross that line and start packaging up their thought leadership, packaging up their intellectual pop- property, packaging up their products and services so they're not just selling time anymore. And usually that just creates a a real, a real breakthrough. And so the sweet spot for us is, yeah, anyone that's a, that's a consultant or a freelancer, uh, all the way up to, you know, sort of teams of 15 to to 20 people where the business is still very much founder led. Yeah.
1: Okay. So is it, is the scenario that, um, does somebody sort of come into you and go, you know, look, I've got these challenges, these issues in my business, I'm not getting enough traction in my business. Do they then sort of sit down with you and you go, okay, well, the video team will do this for you, the web development team will do this for you. Is that is it a very bespoke sort of service? Is that is that what you've shifted into? Uh,
2: it, it's both. The reality is is that we work across sixty different industries and the fundamentals don't change. Right. Um, so there are fundamentals of how a business can improve their pitch and their communication strategy So they're able to get more cut through and those same principles apply whether you're a butcher a baker or a candlestick stick stick maker um, So the process is reasonably standardized because it's based on data. It's based on research. It's based on what actually works, so we're not customizing a pitching architecture for example for our clients because mm-hmm. We we don't want to reinvent the wheel. We want to we we know how to package people's value in a way that uh, makes it more effective and more efficient for the audience, their audience, to respond. So we're just going to do that in the same way. Now, the content, of course, is. Going to be different because it needs to draw from you know the founder's vision their values their value proposition mm. their unique position in their industry you know their particular personality so all that kind of stuff is absolutely going to be unique and going to be bespoke. Uh, but the actual process of producing what we would call key people of influence you know the the architecture for doing that Is the same, you know, they've got to have a great pitch. They've got to publish thought leadership content They've got to have something other than their time to sell through products or productized services They've got to have a good profile online and in the media uh, and they've got to do great joint ventures partnerships and alliances You take a business that's already doing. Well, they've got proof of concept. They've got traction if you were to rate them and if your listener right now is to rate themselves on a scale of 0 to 10 around their pitch you know, how effectively when they communicate do people go, whoa, that's super cool. How do I get involved? You know, to what degree are they producing thought leadership content that changes the way people think at scale? So they're attracting inbound opportunity that are already pre-sold to the ideas, the philosophies, the products and services that they're offering, essentially circumventing the whole kind of need for a, an outbound sales process, whether that's you or Or with a team you know to what degree uh, are they selling their time to what degree is their are their products and services profitable Uh, to what degree if we were to Google them their business or their industry category do they show up with awards and you know things of that nature and to what degree are they partnering with the blue chip brands uh, in their industry now most small businesses and I say most 80% of Australian small businesses would show up naked if, if those five kind of categories pitch publish product profile partnerships were, were The the five items of clothing we would wear you know, a business would wear to you know Impress nice. the audience in the same way where you're gonna go on stage. You're gonna you know dress well um, Most businesses are naked from the perspective of those five things. So so we run a fairly formulaic in terms of the macro process based on what works when you but say, for every let, business let me it's just totally unique you there for a sec. so yeah.
1: when you say most businesses are naked are you suggesting then that about 80 percent of australian small businesses just don't have any of those things in place in any kind of recognizable
2: form uh, not so much in any recognizable form i mean people are posting shit on facebook and linkedin that could be argued is publishing content, but to what degree is it thought leadership content? To what degree is, so I posted an article recently on Facebook. I get a call from the Sydney Morning Herald to publish the content, like to, mm. to what degree is it carrying that kind of, uh, gravitas? So <clears throat> yep. no, I think, you know, everyone's communicating and could argue everyone's pitching their business. Mm. Uh, but if you look at, um, 95% of, Australian income earners, 95% of Australian income earners uh, are earning less than $120,000 a year. Right. So if you're in the top 5% of income earners in Australia, that only puts you around $120,000 a year and up. Hmm. Right. So it's a tiny percentage of people that are actually really succeeding. If you look at small business, it's a tiny percentage of small business owners. And from the it's kind of hard, right, because the ABS doesn't do these uh, ask these qualitative questions. We do. So we've researched uh, over 30,000 of our clients that have taken uh, our clients and our audience that have taken our digital diagnostic scorecard tools. Um, we've crunched the data and it's less than three percent of Business owners that have done our diagnostic, right? So there's already a selection bias in that people are looking to improve their business So it could even be skewed there three percent have the trifecta of money like an, an Abundance of money to the point where they're, they're happy and comfortable time that they can spend doing what they want so surplus time family friends surfing mm-hmm. like whatever it is and fulfillment mm-hmm. and, and, and i
1: i, I uh, obviously can't uh, deny that because you and you've researched it but i think it's also you know I, I worry a bit when i hear people talking about um revenues in businesses because what i what i fear that it doesn't necessarily um it's kind of pay enough attention to are those people that actually by choice are running a business that is not uh, generating vast no, amounts of money. Which is bit. why
2: I said income. Like the stats I yeah. mentioned before where your actual like from a business perspective if a, a small business like a sole preneur, you could call that mm. your take home income after tax and after what have you? Mm. Uh, I haven't mentioned revenue at all. I agree revenue is not a metric mm. uh, to be chased uh growth for the sake of growth, is cancer. Mm. Um, you know so I, I think in the same way that body image has been skewed in a negative way because of the media, I think business revenue uh, has been has been evangelized as some badge of honor. Mm. I know I, I have a close friend of mine whose business does fifty million in revenue mm. doesn't take home more than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year mm. because they can't. Mm. Right. And it's like, that's crazy. Mm. So, no, I totally I totally agree with Mm. you, which is why I say money, time and fulfillment and and a good, I don't know, seven years ago, I made the decision that I didn't want money at all costs. I thought that's what I wanted through my 20s. But what I realized is I would rather downregulate my take home income to be able to have that balance of time and have that balance of. Of Fulfillment, which is why I've always paid the odds for great team We'll always invest in great assets into the business like we decided to play the, the long game And while the business might have less, you know operating profit We're building a more stable business that doesn't require my time mm. as much And mm. and I guess that's the message that I'm that I'm trying to get across to people is don't chase revenue if you chase a beautiful balance of money, time and fulfillment and you reverse engineer that, you'll end up far better off. Yeah,
1: okay, all right. Well, then look, look I, I think we do agree, but I think it's my point and I didn't make it at all well is that there are an awful lot of people running very small businesses in Australia where their take-home revenue, their, the money that they live on is is quite low, but their fulfillment, their enjoyment, the way that work Fits into their life and other roles within their life, it, it couldn't be better. You know, it's, it's not eminently measurable.
2: Yeah, in, w- in which case, there, I believe that person is ahead. If there's a race, um, they're ahead in the race as opposed to the person that's you know grinding out trying to make a million or two million or three million doing something they don't enjoy with people mm-hmm. they don't like to buy things to impress those people yes. like it's just crazy yeah okay all right we, we agree we're so, on the same page
1: so let's so if someone were coming into to kpi now so key person of influence is listening to this and and for whatever reason hasn't come across your activities before and is thinking okay i like the sound of this i need to get you know, I do need to get some clothes on when I go out. So, yes, I need to kind of cover these points that Glenn's talking about. How do they how – do, how, how does somebody actually, uh, you know, integrate and get involved with your business these days? Is it membership? Is it, uh, is it a commitment no, no, to a program?
2: A, no, we run a yeah, – yeah, we run a FIFA for service program. It goes right. for 12 months. Um, we we give people access to a layer of accountability with us and with their peers We give access access to tools resources suppliers We run 80% of what we do is face-to-face So we bring in expert mentors and entrepreneurs to work with and develop our clients in Kind of each of those five categories because everybody's unique. So it it does get quite hands-on There's a lot of one on one one one-on-one support, but there's also a lot of group camaraderie and interactivity so a a group moves through the the 12-month journey as uh, as as a group um Mm -hmm. as a a collective and so relationships form partnerships get done um and when someone's really thriving they're getting the support of everybody else but when someone's struggling and they're hitting a a low spot in their business which everyone does they've got this tribe to be able to support them as well. So one of the things that we identified early on is that there's just no such thing as a successful person. You show me a successful person, and I will show you a successful team mm. that potentially aren't making their way into the spotlight, whether it's a golfer out on the green, yep. they've got an entire team behind them, or a swimmer, or a singles tennis player, all these people look like individuals. Mm. Uh, and they've yet, people around them behind the scenes, they've got this incredible team backing them up so you know when we started the key person of influence accelerator we realized that this can't just be a training program. This has to be an immersion. This has to be an environment. Mm. But we can't just teach people what to do. We've got to help them produce the collateral, the assets, the website, the landing pages, the messaging, the copy, the books, the videos. Like we wanted to be that kind of one-stop shop, which we essentially are now either through the services that we've now acquired and owned or and own, or through the partnerships that we've created so if someone kind of decides that look yes i I really there is room to grow in terms of me showing up as that go-to person um i mean i I run depending on where people are hearing this from i run a webinar uh regularly people go to kpiwebinar.com and that'll take you down that particular rabbit hole if people are in sydney i run a regular workshop um people go to kpiworkshop Dot .com or they just google me Glenn Carlson and I come up they can follow me on Facebook or or YouTube my my role is um, as the founder is is very much sharing the message so I do a lot of speaking I produce a lot of content uh, I don't spend much time in the operations of the business anymore our team do a a fantastic job so I'm kind of like the the chief evangelist I suppose Mm. (laughs) Um, so pretty much if people find me they'll they'll find their way to KPI all right so if people are coming in then you you were mentioning yes it
1: is kind of programs that they come into and is there like a an annual intake or you can anybody come in at any point
2: yeah, so people can come in at any point, but there are two zones of deep dive intensity in the program. See, uh, let's say we, we just had a, an intake start uh, with the pitching masterclass, uh, but literally this week we've got people joining straight away for the next intake because every single month what we have is regular workshops that are just designed to improve people's businesses wherever they're at. Sure. And so that runs year-round. So people can join whenever they're ready to join, uh, so long as, obviously, they're appropriate. We, we have yeah. to have a bit of a selection criteria yeah. around that. And but that gives the them a chance
1: part, then to kind of dip in as well and have a look at what
2: you guys are up to, get a it, sense of the community. It lets, them, it lets them get a sense of the community, all that yeah. kind of stuff, makes it really easy. But more importantly... It means we can work on whatever problem they're experiencing right now. So if someone's dealing with a lead generation issue or a partnership issue or a product issue or they're just grinding themselves into the ground with their time or they're on like a yo-yo of cash flow, instead of waiting, oh, you've got to wait for the product module for that, we just get straight into it. Yeah, okay. Um, And so we're able to kind of start building out the infrastructure across their entire business. And then, yeah, twice a year, there's a couple of periods of intensity that deep dives into pitch, deep dives into publish. It's this like focused rhythm where it's like, all right, guys, next two months, pitching revamp. And so it doesn't matter what stage of business you're at. You go through that revamp. And it Depression just keeps things up. it just keeps taking it to the yeah, okay. to the next level.
1: Hmm. Look, um, should we talk money at this juncture? Do you want to give us an idea what it costs for a business to get into, or would you rather not? Would you rather they
2: Oh no, it's fine. Anywhere from you know seventeen to twenty five thousand dollars, depending on how uh, people pay for it, the different packages, and kind of where where they're at. We we have finance available for that. Uh, but we wouldn't work with someone unless it was pretty obvious that they'd be able to get a ten times return on that investment in the first twelve months. Right. So if someone's sitting there going, Oh, 17 grand, it's not really seventeen grand because it's like eighty bucks a week, you know, you can you can pay it, pay it off for and and you can get a return on that pretty easily. So, you know, the idea is that well, if we can't get more than, you know, an eight hundred dollar a week return on your money by putting your business into this environment it's not a good fit and you know people pay Mm. you know, 20, 20 grand on renovating their kitchen which isn't going to get a tenth <laughs> of the increase in value but think of all that the food positioning exists. their business that's true yeah. kitchens yeah. are good but look I, and look I, i've observed you i've known you guys for nine
1: years and uh, and and seen what you do and sat in the room and seen you and a number of your colleagues presenting and i think the program is is absolutely fabulous um and it's so interesting that uh, i've i've had um KPI often referred to me in, in, in nice in a nice way as being somewhat cultish. you know people that are in there really become very strong evangelists, which is such a good sign of a business that's doing the job properly, where people are speaking so well up well about it and so positively. So you know hats off to you and your guys for doing it. just it's a great business and I'm so pleased to have observed something that's been in this space for so long. That just keeps getting better and better. It's uh, very impressive stuff.
2: Well, thank you, mate. It's actually one of the things that we try and help our clients do is to create a cult. Mm. Um, because I broke it down. Because I used to get this all the time. And don't tell me you turned uh, cult into an acronym, have you? Well, I, I wrote an article on LinkedIn on Facebook, and it got picked up by the Sydney Morning Herald and all that kind of stuff on on how to five steps to creating a cult. Um, I didn't. Know. And. You know a few of the a few of the steps are having a common language mm. uh, having a common purpose uh, beyond making money like what do we exist to create um, you know really leaning into community uh, and you know a few of these different things you get a common language you get a common purpose you have a real proactive focus on building community and the connections within that community and all of a sudden if those three things combined are creating value for everybody, like new value that didn't exist before, it's not just entertainment. There's actually new measurable value coming out of that. Well, that then becomes a tool. Mm. And I think the moment that happens, you, uh, something, something really magical starts to, starts to occur. And we didn't know this was going to happen when we launched our business, right? Cause we launched it as a, as a training program. Sure. But as the community and the culture built i mean when you can when you can sit down at a, at a meeting with someone you've never met and you're both speaking the same language around your pitching architecture your product ecosystem you know and you've got these kind of acronyms and jargon see most mm. people say jargon's bad we love jargon just not on the front end <laughs> jargon built into your cult or your community creates that common language but it also accelerates the speed mm. oh, in which your class, clients can communicate and build trust and create relationships and so it's, it's really become far bigger than uh, than we ever could have imagined it mm. could have been because it's not about us anymore it's about the community and what they're up to and i mean they're the authors they're the speakers they're the ted talkers they're a pretty esteemed bunch of humans which um is kind of cool
1: okay now look talking of acronyms you know uh, what um popped up in my inbox a few weeks ago and i just thought it was absolute genius was this LAPS acronym (laughs) l-a-p-s so again hats off to you i thought it was so clever such a wonderful way to think about uh, the sales process. So, could you talk through LAPS briefly for us? What What is LAPS? What does it stand for, and how can
2: we use that uh, that kind of tool in our in our own business? Yeah, sure. So, if we go big picture, our company is called Dent Global, right? Which is all about making a dent in the universe, from the Steve Jobs quote. Um, that it's the role of every entrepreneur to make a dent in the universe. And we feel like the most effective way to make a dent in the universe is to become a key person of influence in your industry. But the ticket to that big game is making sales, right? At some point, sales have got to get made. You can't help someone unless you can sell someone first. Mm. Uh, And that is where a lot of small businesses really struggle. And we're even seeing this on the KPI program where people would, you know, get all this positioning but their sales and marketing infrastructure was just woefully underdeveloped mm. so in and
1: other words they've got all the kind of the bits around it got but all the not bits actually getting out there turning it into business selling
2: well maybe they even are but they're doing it manually right so they're 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 chasing the next sale they're trawling linkedin they're outbound there's no sales and marketing machine that's giving them a regular, consistent and predictable is the most satisfying word to be able to refer to your business. Like it's predictable. I can predict what our revenue is going to be in three months and six months. Mm. Um, and that just does wonders. Now that's an evolution you got to get to, but I believe until a business owner really prioritizes automating and building a machine around their sales and marketing uh, area or division or, or roles, yep. uh, they're always gonna struggle. They're always gonna be walking a tightrope of anxiety. And the way that we've always measured that in our business is we measure four things. We measure leads, like how many, and a, and a lead is a, a new name on our database. Leads, okay. an appointment. Is Like a a booking or a reservation right? So if one of those leads then says oh Yeah, Glenn, I'd be interested in coming and meeting you or I'd be interested in coming to that workshop Or I'd be interested in coming along to that thing and they register, right? We would call that an appointment then when they uh, attend they're attending to a presentation and I'll give you some background context on all this in a sec uh, and there's a presentation of sorts, uh, which pitches essentially the value in working together. And then there's a sale. Right. Okay. So that's the LAPS. Laps. Leads, okay. appointments, presentations, and sales. And measuring all those religiously gives us four nice simple tiers to be able to measure the effectiveness of essentially a funnel. And yeah, okay. We love the acronym because mm. you want to be more successful than your competition, run more laps. Yep. You know, if you're doing more leads, more appointments, more presentations and more sales, you will have a fitter, more successful mm. business. If someone's struggling with sales or burnout or stuck in the business, I guarantee they're not measuring and tracking their laps. And I, I just do not know a successful entrepreneur that doesn't know their numbers. No. Oh, okay. Tell me, who's the acronym maker in your business? Is it you? Uh, yeah, both Dan and myself, we, we, we see acronyms and analogies everywhere. I think it's why we get along so well. Isn't that fun? Uh, I, I,
1: look, I, I'm an acronym kind of guy too. And it's uh, I see acronyms everywhere. But anyway, let's
2: not go. We didn't mean to. No. We just saw it. That's oh, okay. what we were measuring. And we actually went oh, lap, and, the, and then the metaphor came off the back of that. So mm-hmm. it was one Very of those uh, fortunate, uh, fortunate things that that's just what we started doing. Uh, and then we we turned it into a a Story mm. uh, to be able to kind of help people get it because yep. sales and marketing super confusing super chaotic super Like there's a thousand different moving parts that you can build into it So where do you even start these days with like funnels and video and content and mm. you know, blah 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 So if if there's if I can kind of summarize one thing I've learned that might help your listeners here sure. is imagine an hourglass right? So you can imagine that hourglass kind of shape and imagine at the top of that hourglass is all of your marketing. And so you can appreciate that all the different bits of sand in that hourglass, there's all sorts of different stuff going on. You might be doing some stuff on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or, you know, networking events or a speaking gig or, you know, industry publications or like BNI, whatever you're doing. Yep. There's a variety of that stuff and hence the the wide part of The hourglass. Now, what I see a lot of small business owners doing, and it just burns up time and it's inefficient uh, and it's difficult to systemize, is that if at any point anyone in the top of that hourglass is interested in what they do, then they'll kind of drop everything and go, Oh, let's set up a cup of coffee or come to this thing or I'll meet you there. And there's a whole variety of ways that they're prospects can be introduced to the idea of working with them and there's a lot of variability there Mm. oh you come to my office we'll go to your office let's meet for coffee you'll come to this thing or do that thing that variability is a killer all right so there's too much variability too much variability right so having a bunch of stuff in marketing is great but we need all roads to lead to rome Mm. and rome is a singular presentation So now we're at the narrow end, the narrow waist of the hourglass where everything in the top of that hourglass comes down into a singular presentation that is specifically designed to do two things. The first thing it's designed to do is to offer the the prospect a lot of great value, insights, information, education, light bulb moments. So whether they end up wanting to work with you or not, they've got enough value from that presentation that they would happily refer their friends and colleagues to it. So Mm -hmm. step one, it's got to deliver value. Step two is it's got to present enough of the value proposition of the business to be able to help the customer go either two things, prospects sorry, two things. They're either going to say at the end of that presentation, I want to buy right now, yeah. or they're going to say, I'm going to sign a little expression of interest because I'm really interested in buying. Right. But not- right so that's sorry. the yeah, whole okay. point okay. of a presentation. So in our business in the clients we work with, we help them structure their marketing. So it's all these different roads spreading out across the entire possible marketing spectrum, but all of them lead back to this one presentation. And I even recommend that you standardize the time and the day of that. So for example, um, I do, if someone goes to KPI workshop Dot-com for Sydney. That's me delivering this particular presentation. It's useful for people They get a lot of insights around how to build out a strategy for becoming a key person of influence I I don't hold back I go into it But then at the end of that I also talk about the KPI program and help them get some insights around whether or not That's a good fit and then we say but but you can't purchase that program in that room Uh, But people can submit an expression of interest and then have a talk with my team to see if there's a good fit, so okay. all of our marketing and content funnels into that one thing. But and, and I, I think you're saying
1: also that that presentation that you do, that's at a very set time on a
2: set day. Set time every 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 three weeks. There's a there's a rhythm. Now, okay. uh, a good friend of mine, Aaron runs a company called Atelier Wealth, so he's a financial advisor. Um, in going through our program, he made the decision, because a big a big part of my philosophy is you've got to do what you love with who you love, where you love. Sure. And they were working in the middle of a city, not loving it, right? They were sort of barefoot investor type people. Mm-hmm. And by applying this methodology, they were actually able to move to this beautiful spot about an hour south of here on the beach, gorgeous location and because their presentations were on a weekly rhythm up in sydney it was super easy for them to jump on a train for you know 30 minutes and then do a day of one-to-one presentations so while i invite a bunch of people to a a group and i'll run an event every three weeks or so you could also if you're listening to this just decide that thursdays are going to be your days for presenting. It could be one-to-one. It could be one-to-a-small group. It could be one-to-many. It could be face-to-face. It could be online by Zoom. But the point is, is creating a rhythm and a pulse in your business where all of your marketing can point to that. So if you meet someone at a networking event, they're like, catch up, great. Put them into that process. Invite them to come to one of those Hmm. sessions. If you're running Facebook ads, get them to come to that same session.
1: Yeah. And look, and I think hopefully people listening to this will be able to translate this into their own businesses and how they may do that but i totally agree with you and so often i see people particularly those in the sort of service industry that are racing around like headless chooks to appointments and coffees and meetings and just burning so much time it's Uh, inefficient totally inefficient okay um any last points on laps i think what people need to do is 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 go along and, and attend one of your last <laughs>
2: workshops. But- well, the first, the first thing I'd say is start measuring it. A lot of people don't measure because they know the numbers suck and they want to avoid the daily pain of having to look at their own inadequacy. That sounds heavy. It sounds full on. But if you're tracking your numbers, if you don't like your weight, looking at your weight every day will motivate you to fix it. If you're looking at your last numbers every day and they're woeful, it will motivate you to fix it. And I promise you, you could have that totally transformed in your business in three to six months if you made it your priority to the point where you wouldn't have to chase another sale. Um, you could have this beautiful rhythm. You would have predictable cash flow. But it, it takes focus and it requires a decision to be made mm. um, once you've made that decision the rest is just a, a functional process of, of putting it together so I would say number one tip measure everything so a uh, great tip but how
1: often how frequently within your business you know I've over the nine years I've seen your business shift and change and move and evolve is it by fact the fact that you're looking at your your stats and your figures so closely that yep. you're able to observe? Okay, we need to move a little bit in this direction, or we need 100%.
2: to adjust that. Data is everything. Mm. Um, I start my I start things on my gut feel, and I evolve things based on the data. So you well know we used to run our big one day brand accelerator conferences where we'd put anywhere between 500 and a thousand people in a room multi-tiered theaters nida gorgeous right yeah um and they were big big and they were fancy and they were impressive and they were great Mm -hmm. and they got harder and harder and harder and harder to promote yeah got harder to get people to show up and Interestingly, what was happening is as it was getting harder and harder and harder to promote, it was getting easier and easier and easier for people to pull their phone out of their pocket and watch gorgeous content produced just for them. Yeah, sure. Right? So what we realized is… The market was shifting the market didn't want to come along to a big one-day conference It wanted to listen to a podcast on the way to work. It wanted to watch a 10-minute video tutorial on pitching um, That they'd found online and there was someone that could do that uh, For them don't get me wrong people can still come along to events But it wasn't the most effective way for us to start building a relationship and that was showing up in the data So that's where we switched And we started leveraging social media a hell of a lot more. We started putting a lot more focus on content, but it was all, all of it was data-driven. So the reason we do a three-month rhythm not a weekly rhythm or or a five-month or a six-month rhythm is because of the data that tells us that that is the optimal way to create the most efficiency with the number of drop-offs and attendance and, you know, all the value that gets created down the line. We look at that every single day. We have a marketing meeting on that every single week. And we know our numbers. If something goes from green to red, we look at it, we explore it, we create hypothesis around it, and we test it. Mm.
1: Fantastic. Now look, Glenn, my final question to you. You've got a big change heading your way soon. You're about, I do. You're about to become a dad. I'm about to become a
2: daddy. Yeah. So yeah. just tell
1: Five me. Five weeks. Oh, that's fantastic. But how do you you know, it's the first time you've had a child. How yep. do you, with all your your your, you know, wonderful approach to designing life, designing work, how do you envisage the future? You've got this little bundle of joy arriving have you started kind of changing how you might work or what's what you're just interested to know
2: yeah so so not so much i started changing how i worked about two years ago uh really giving me my time back so my team treat me like a consultant if they're right. going to bring me in to do anything with the business it's tracked by the hour and they're rewarded uh by keeping that time as as low as possible which is a powerful tool for just engaging my team my team know what to do they don't need me um, and so we, we created a little game for them to push me out of the business and nice. uh, you know a tip for anyone listening to this with a team until you make it your team's problem to kick you out of the business you won't be out of your business mm-hmm. you will they, they will slash you will find a way to, to get sucked back in so for the last couple of years, uh, I've really probably only needed oh, two or three days a fortnight in the actual business itself, yeah. not including speaking and podcasting and the stuff that I like, the content stuff that I love and can do from from anywhere. So that gave me a lot of flexibility in terms of time, in terms of location freedom. So it's just more that you know, instead of hanging out with a girl on the beach, we're going to be. Playing with a baby, I suppose. Right. Um, but you know, already in the schedule, there's there's two months after the due date that I, I think I have three engagements in that right. entire two month period. So I'm very much. I feel like I've been building uh, my whole business and my whole life almost for this, this point to get to the point where the business can actually do its job, which is to give me the time and the space to to really enjoy my my family and, and my new family without having this stress of having to go to work to make it all make it all work and I appreciate people are in different phases of their journeys and and all that sort of stuff but you know I've I've had the blood noses I've gone through the grind I've you know I've almost blown up my business more times than I can count and so I think it's just come at a very fortuitous time that there's a lot of stability in my business now, so I can hopefully bring that stability into a, a family dynamic. But, you know, I always think back to, to Tyson's quote, which is everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? So um, <laughs> I'm very well aware that uh, having a newborn is going to be a rather disruptive life change. Yeah, but look, uh, so I think
1: it's a lovely, lovely note to end it. on. And uh, and you won't find many uh, within the flying seller community that don't applaud the way you're thinking that um, you know we should we should have our our lives front and center and our businesses yeah. fit around fit it around our so. lives as opposed to the other way which is often the way sadly that it is. Well, look, Glenn Carlson, good luck with that, and um, we'll look forward to uh, seeing the news. And what, where's the best single place for us to go to find to
2: get? Yeah, in, look, best best single place regardless of where anyone is is uh, go to just kpiwebinar.com or kpi Dot .com and that'll take you through the rabbit hole that'll you know lead to all things KPI. You can Google my name, Glenn Carlson, you'll find me on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook and all the things. I put a lot of content out uh, on Facebook. I am becoming much more active on YouTube putting out fairly in-depth tutorials from the perspective of being a key person of influence and running a business, uh, a lifestyle business through that lens. So you can find me on all the socials.
1: All right. Well, in a few months' time, I shall watch a few of those and see if I I can hear any little squealy noises. Yeah, squeals in the background. All right. Hey, Glenn, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. And before I go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly enjoyable and prosperous business, Flying Solo gets you premium membership, has all the tips and tools you'll need. For just $99, head to the join page to learn more.
0: And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.